Welcome to this week's podcast by Celebration Church Rarotonga. We believe this message will empower and equip you to live a life of breakthrough. Thanks for joining us. Okay, I've got a message here and I've entitled it Courage Over Popularity Works. Courage Over Popularity Works. Just while I was away and I, I pray and for the church here where I'm away and the things that I pick up, that God would have uh, us know and be instructed in His Word. But I think in the coming days, uh, there's going to have to be, we're going to have to draw on some convictions, and we're going to have to draw on some strength, some fortitude, some inner strength, okay? And uh, the Bible talks about this, the fear of man is a snare. And if deep down there's a seed within you that desires the popularity of man, Uh, respectfully, I'm going to tell you, it's going to get challenged. You'll be put into a corner somehow in some way, uh, whether you're going to have to stand for truth and stand for what is expedient, stand for what is right, or you will wilt or cave in. I've got a couple of scriptures by way of introduction. The first scripture here is found in John 12, 42. It highlights these things actually happened. Many Jews believed in Jesus, however, including some of the Jewish leaders. But they wouldn't admit it for fear that the Pharisees would expel them from the synagogue. To be expelled from the synagogue in those days is a very, very, very big deal. It's a bit like a Mormon being expelled from the Mormon church has actual eternal implications according to the Mormon doctrine. To be thrown out cast out or expelled, if you like, or removed from a synagogue is a very, very big deal, especially when religiosity or Judaism was a big thrust, a big hold on the community then. But notice this in verse 43, it says, for they loved human praise more than the praises of God. So that's going to be important for us. They loved the praise, the accolades, the appreciation, the encouragements, the words of others more than obeying God. Okay, so in other words, we would rather be kept in the synagogue than get chucked out and be reproached by our community, be shamed, ridiculed, or even marginalized by our community. But in somewhere along the lines, is God is there somewhere. Now let's go to the next uh, next scripture in, in John 9, 18 and 34. It's a bit of a lengthy one, but I'll read it to highlight my point. The Jewish leaders still refused to believe the man had been healed, blind, and could now see. So they called in his parents, verse 19, and they asked him, Well, is this your son? Was he born blind? If so, how can he now see? His parents replied, Well, we know this is our son, and that he was born blind. And but, he, but we don't know how he can see or who healed him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. Verse 22, his parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. They had seen their son, think about this, born blind. That is a very big issue. All of a sudden he can see and he can put visual pictures to what he either felt or what he either heard. He can now see. For a parent to, be, to have children that are born blind, that's a big deal. It's, it's, it's daunting. It can be quite traumatic. It's very disappointing. Uh, it's, it, it, it grieves the heart of a parent, no doubt. 
Yet at the same time, here's a situation where the parents now are prepared to uh, not front up with the power of Jesus and actually acknowledge God and glorify God because they were intimidated and they were fearful. How many times in your quiet world have you not stood up for God or not stood up for the convictions that you really have? Here's a joke. Uh, remember, there was the, uh, the, 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 the pastor says this, you know, alcohol is wrong and we shouldn't drink alcohol and beers and all this sort of stuff. Yet on Friday, he's at work and someone says, Oi, we've got this party at my house. And uh, you, pastor guy, I want you to bring the beers for all of us, okay? And he goes, oh, oh yeah, okay, oh, we'll do that, you know what I mean? And uh, one minute he had conviction and all of a sudden, wilt. And uh, I, I want to say this, I've been thinking this morning about the Cook Island gene, if you like, or the Cook Island community. And uh, there's something that you've been graced with, and the Bible talks about this. It says, gentleness breaks the bone. And there is a gentleness in our community. There is. A lot of Polynesian men, they're actually quite gentle. A lot of our girls, they're gentle. It's not a weakness, it's a strength, okay? But the enemy can take advantage of that and override that and intimidate that. There are other, uh, there are other people groups around the world. They are a lot, I believe, they're a lot more aggressive and, in fact, bordering on being rude or ill-mannered or, uh, and stuff. And so I want to talk to us <coughs> a little bit about this area of you and I caving in, that we're going to need the strength of our conviction to hold fast. The Word of God talks about Abraham. He didn't waver at the promises of God. Now, I want to say this. I want to repeat what I said. If you have the seed inside you that wants the praise of man, we're going to be in some trouble. We're going to be in for some challenges. We have to come to that place as a Christian, as a born-again, dedicated believer. We have to come to that place where we're going to have to serve God as number one. We cannot give lip service to that. We can't just say that and live in the quietness of our world because our public world and then there's our private world, both of them need to tie up together the secret world that you and I have the world that everybody begins to see, the public world, needs to tie up and live under the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is actually quite an important message because we're going to see something. And if the Bible is true for all it's worth, we are going to see believers. Wilt, true. I thought, well, I could be a nice preacher and tell you some nice things and make you feel good and high five our way out of here. But at some point, we've actually got to bring some... Uh, some substance of the Word of God and tell it for all it's worth. And so if we, the Word of God says, if we cannot keep up with the foot soldiers, how are we going to end up carrying or, or, or standing or keeping up with the cavalry? Okay? So I'm going to give us some three tips on how to be strong heading towards this decade that we're in. So let's continue on with the Scripture. I love this other guy, the son. The son begins to speak up now. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who had announced that anyone saying Jesus was the Messiah would be expelled from the synagogue. That's why they said, he is old enough, ask himself. So for the second time, they had called in the man who had been blind and told him God should get the glory for this because we know this man, Jesus, is a sinner. Verse 25. I don't know whether he is a sinner referring to Christ or not, the man replied. But I know this, I was blind and now I see. 
Verse 26, but what did he do? They asked, how did he heal you? Look, the young guy says. The man explained, I told you once. Didn't you listen? Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become disciples too? I like that. 28, then they cursed him and said, you are his disciple, but we are Moses' disciple. We know God spoke to Moses, but this man, we do not know where he comes from. Verse 30, why? That's very strange, the man replied back. The blind guy that now can see, he's standing up for himself. He healed my eyes, and yet you don't know where he comes from. We know that God doesn't listen to sinners, but he's ready to hear those who worship him and do his will. Ever since the world began, no one has been able to open the eyes of someone born blind like me. If this man were not of God, he couldn't have done it. Then they replied this, you were born a total sinner, they answered. Are you trying to teach us? It got their pride, you see. And they threw him out of the synagogue. And I would like to say, who wants to be there? Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. Who wants to be there? <clears throat> we want to be where the presence of God is. The synagogue is not the church. We must understand that. Then the third scripture for us is 1 Thessalonians 5.14, which is our, like our pivot foundation scripture for us. We're going to stack everything around us. It says this. Now we exhort you. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. A person who is faint-hearted is little-spirited. Or another way of saying this is spiritually weak. If you go in and look at the original there, it means they're afraid of persecution. Okay? Afraid of being marginalized. Or someone saying, do you go to that church? Or somebody saying, do you believe that kind of rubbish? And where do we sit in all of us? Where do we stand in all of us? It's not enough to be a closet Christian. Seriously. It's not enough just to be a nice guy or a nice uh, a girl that comes to church and that there is some time, I'm telling you, it's going to happen. You'll be put in a corner and asked to give an account for your faith, and I believe the Lord will be looking at us. And I want to live such a life that we're not ashamed to be standing up against Paul the Apostle. We're not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, if you're embracing cultural Christianity because you identify with it because of your forefathers did and my forefathers did, then that's not good enough. It's not going to stand in the future. We have to give a solid, and we just sang about it, a solid born of the Spirit of God. This world, we're sojourners, we're ambassadors, we're cruising all the way through, ready for Christ's return. And I want to encourage us because, uh, because this area, and I've seen it, and I've seen it in many people's lives, not just some, many people's lives where we wilt, <coughs> where emotionally we get bashed around. Lacking that fortitude or lacking that strength. But we get bashed around emotionally. Uh, we have people that can't try and control us or put pressures on us. And rather than actually standing as an adult for your life or your family's life, we come under the pressure of others. And that, my friend, is called manipulation and it is called witchcraft. And you think that's, uh, that's just in our community? It's in every single community in the world. 
Witchcraft is a universal spirit, and it moves through different feelers or different fingers. It moves through manipulation, intimidation, domination, coercion, all of that, persuasion, trying to compel somebody to get them to get you to do what they want you to do, and it's against your own principles. They will negotiate. They will come back. I'll keep coming and keep coming and keep coming until they try and get a seed, the seed that's within us. They'll try and get that thing out and, uh, and, and build on it. I uh, want to talk about the internal strength, the capacity, the inner resolve inside our lives. I love this. True story. There was a guy that got martyred. And uh, to, to be martyred, basically it's happening big time in some parts of Nigeria. Uh, the ISIS or Islamic State is alive and well for a particular individual. Uh, we've got friends in one African country that believe that he actually met him years and years ago. And, uh, but nonetheless, it's, it's a growing uh, radical Islamic community, and their whole purpose is to basically free Africa from Christianity and bring in an Islamic uh, caliphate, an Islamic State. But anyway, so they come in and they begin to annihilate systematically, and uh, they give you an opportunity to renounce the Christian faith if you're lucky. Otherwise, I'll just go and mow down a village. Um, the United Nations know about this. This is not some random kind of news. It's out there. You won't find it on television one or television three. We have other uh, narratives that, that is coming through, but the reality of it is it martyrdom is going on. Back in the early days in the Roman Empire, they used to crucify, they used to uh, capture Christians under Nero uh, for a bit of sport. That changed actually. In fact, Roman, Rome went through a major revival under Constantine the other way. It was incredible. And uh, it's amazing what the enemy means for evil. God can turn around something. But there was a phase of quite a few years where Christians were taken into the Colosseum. You can see that there today. It's a tourist spot. And basically little children were taken out and, uh, and men and women were taken out, poor people taken out, but Christians primarily. And he had what we call as a ghoul or a person that likes to see sadistic people clapping and yelling and was sport because they didn't see them as human. And the children and the adults were put out there and hungry lions would go out there and other beasts go out there and basically tear limbs and arms to bits. True story, documented. This is just not, this is, this is true. You must understand our Christian history. Uh, when Jesus talked about persecution, it's not just in the end time period. It's happened throughout the ages towards the Jews and towards Christians in certain pockets. But one man, how about this? They brought the lions out, one guy. You know what he did? He ran towards the lions. I like that. You could cower down and, and all sorts of stuff and oh, that's fine and get on your knees and say, God, help me, <laughs> make this painless, make this quick or jaunt me or rapture me. Surely the rapture is going to come. No, no, no. He actually ran towards them. The, crunk, the conquering Christian, there's something, there's like a, a dunamos. There's a strength. There's a fortitude that lies within us that's an overcomer. It's, it's, it's inherent within us to overcome. It's part of our DNA. It's part of who we are. We're not anointed, nor are we called to go into the cave, to, to kind of be intimidated. That's not who we are. We stand up for righteousness, and we also stand up for ourselves. I love this. We talk about the lions. But did you know the Bible says that David tore a lion apart? It did. David the psalmist. Did you know Daniel, when the lions came in there, they couldn't touch them supernaturally. Mouths were closed. This is not a metaphor. They're real lions put in. It was a practice that they did. 
intimidate a populace. And the other one is, uh, is Samson, pulled supernaturally a lion apart, killed a lion. Uh, Paul says that I escaped the mouth of the lions. In Hebrews 11, it says others escaped the mouths of the lions. So martyrdom's not our focus, standing firm in Christ and believing for supernatural deliverance and supernatural strength. That's our focus. That's, that's who we are. And we're going to see the heroes of, of, of uh, uh, Hebrews 11 added to where men and women are going to stand up for the strength of conviction, stand up for the unborn, stand up for the aged, seriously, stand up for marriage, stand up for purity, stand up for common sense, you ready? Common sense standards, stand up for what is right, that we're not just programmed people, that listen to everybody, we're in I think it was Japan maybe or, or some country, but I was told a story uh, that there was a, there was a false line. You know what I mean? A line, a line, not a barking, roaring line. I'm talking about standing in line, line, okay? And uh, somebody started a line on purpose in a public area. Do you know what happened? Somebody else just went, there was no reason for it. And somebody else went and stood behind them. And somebody else went and stood behind them. Before, there was a literal line of dozens and dozens of people with no purpose. Now, I want to I address this issue. It's a social issue, and I've Googled it to see how bad it is. It's actually quite a big issue. You ready for this? And this part of my message. There are people that are afraid of being told off. Now, I don't know about you, but if I go back to my college years, primary years, I lived a lifestyle of constantly being told off by authority. I don't know, I said to have to sign up, tell me off. You know, I'm on an airplane and I'm the guy that gets rebuked constantly. Natasha said, you need to be a bit of a conformist and, and have your bag under there and have your belt on and have your, your mask on and you have this on. And, and I'm just thinking, man, don't fence me in. You know what I mean? It's just like, I, and I'm not naturally, I don't know, am I a conformist? I, I don't know, she's shaking her head. I don't know. Some things I am. You know, I believe in looking after planet Earth. I believe we have a responsibility for all of these things, and I think it's a Bible responsibility. But I think, I think what we've got to be careful is listening to a narrative, listen to the spirit behind it that wants to condition and control humanity. Serious now. We're not puppets. It's time to have our thinking. Don't just be programmed. Don't just, don't just you know, be, be a thinker. Be a thinker biblically. Be a thinker. Embrace the Word of God. I preached a message on, on Sunday. I talked about, uh, in, in Christchurch, I think it might have been Saturday night there, and I talked about, look at how the apostles approached persecution. They continued on with the business. They, didn't, they weren't intimidated. Oh, well, we have to readjust everything. And I, I don't think we should be rude. I don't think that we should be arrogant. I don't think anything, because Jesus wasn't like that. But there are some principles that we must adhere to. Principles of righteousness. When they were told and forbidden to preach the gospel, what did they do? They preached the gospel. They were beaten up and they said to them in Acts 4, they said, didn't we just tell you to be quiet? Not to preach the gospel? And they said, well, you judge whether it's right or not, but we cannot forbid of what we've seen and what we've heard. We must proclaim it. They arrested them supernaturally some of them were let go of. It's amazing what God did. 
but but what happened is at the end of it you have you have a generation of apostolic ministry and the church that continue to proclaim the gospel regardless you, you know what I'm saying so I, I think we just have to look at a little bit of the Bible for our model I think that's important the Bible is our model either we believe it or we don't either we follow it or we don't now I know the methods can change but our mission is the same but I think our our methods of how we do things mustn't be laced with the fear of man mustn't be laced with worrying about what people think our methods we adjust to be contemporary we adjust because we've got a powerful message this is 2021 so we need 2021 language but at the end of the day we've got to make sure you ready we've got that thing within us the lion of God the strength of God the the, the community of heaven inside of us the kingdom of God indwelling us the strength of the Holy Spirit within inside us and it doesn't matter, remember, it doesn't mean that you're obnoxious and trying to shove Christ down their throat. It just means that when you're called to give an account for what you believe, you stand in the office of boldness and the strength of conviction and you say, yes, I am a follower of Jesus Christ and I'm unashamed of that. I'm unashamed. I believe the Word of God. I believe in Christ's plan for morality, Christ's plan for our family. And if we're deemed the bad guys and the unpopular guys, then so be it. All of a sudden, it's going to go zing and the coming of the Lord, and we want to make sure we're on His side. The Bible says this, if we disown Him, He will disown us, and we've got to be faithful. And so the reason why I want to bring out this message to you, because there's a, there's a strength that I believe God wants to give us, a strength to stand up for what is good. And the strength, the same strength to standing up for God is the same string that turns off the computer when you shouldn't be watching images. You know what I'm saying now? Or the same string that basically says this, no, I can't party out tonight. It's not who I am. Love you guys, but I'm not going to be part of that. Anything I can do for you, absolutely. You know, I'll wash your feet. I'll do anything, but not that. <coughs> this is the breed. This is the generation that God is moving on. It's an end time generation of strength, which is awesome. Daniel, the three guys are in the uh, lion's den. And this is what one of them says this. He says, even if we are not going to bow down, we expect God to deliver us. But even if God does not deliver us, we will not bow down. Let's give the Lord a hand this morning. It's true. The fear of reproach, the fear of disapproval, the fear of family members not liking us, the fear of disgrace, the ridicule, being ostracized, the fear of scorn, the fear of blame, the fear of reproach, reproached, told off, and uh, you, you, might be, you, you might be like this yourself. Have you got a family member or somebody that you know that tells people off all the time? I'm just inquiring. Do you? Have you? Yes, James. You can share your testimony. As long as my name's not in there. No, but I just think we need to chill, eh? And just, you know, our children and our, you know, we've got to love and empower our children but I'd always tell them off. And it, it's the tone. 
you know, we try and give it to them. I mean, what are we trying to prove? We just try and uh, love people and admonish them and encourage them and empower them. But if, if you're like that a little bit, I love you to bits, but we don't have to be that way. Let's allow the graciousness of His presence to lead our tongues. I know that's for someone here. The fear of man is a snare. James 1.8, it puts it this way, we become unstable in all of our ways. A double-minded man. Double-minded means this, two minds over one matter. So yes, we're for God in this environment. Hear me? We're for God in this environment because it suits us. It's easy because everybody else is for God. But then there's a complete shift. There's another environment where so many people aren't for God and we become camouflaged. We kind of blend in that because we don't want to be oh, seen or don't want to have to stand up. It's a double-minded. Double-minded where emotions are running hot for God. Praise because somebody gave us a thousand bucks. And all of a sudden, next week, we get the big letter from the bank, you owe $2,000. And all of a sudden, rather than praising God, we're saying, God, why do you let me down? And, you know, I've been praying, I've been tithing, and why? God? He's just like, man, we need to chill out and trust Him. Where we can't trace Him, where there's crisis, we must trust the Lord. He's going to come through. You know that scripture says, all things work out for those who love God and are called according to their purposes. Did you know life works for us? It does. It actually works for us. Life isn't against us. Things just slide our way. Things just fit in with us. That's called the favor, the preferential treatment of God. But it's when we get away from the Lord, that's when there's, we're banging our heads constantly up against things. But when you begin to humble yourself, and I humble myself, and we begin to put Him first, seek ye first, the kingdom of God, everything begins to slot into place for us. There's emotional provision. There's people provision. There's resources. There's finances. There's opportunities come because you're now and I am now walking in the favor and walking in the presence of God. When you walk in His will or His word or His ways or His wisdom, you walk in it, then you will find heaven begins to open up over our life and things begin to work for us. And do you know what? He seasons us with like, grace or seasons us with peace so why you've been blessed and there might be some difficulties but why you've been blessed and there'll be some challenges why you've been blessed you actually have a peace so that you sleep well at night uh, two Thessalonians talks about being troubled <laughs> do not be shaken in mind ever been shaken in mind what say you're told you're going to lose your job a thousand people leaving Rarotonga to get a couple of uh, opportunities in New Zealand. Does that rattle us as a community? Does that freak us out? What's so that? They don't return. Losing our young people, does that rattle us? No, 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 but we praise God despite. We praise God despite what TV1 and TV3 says. We praise God despite what our doctor says or what our, what our boss says that we've probably got two months worth of work for us. We praise God for our mortgages. They're going to get paid. And even if they don't get paid, we've got a mansion tomorrow in the heavenly realm waiting for us. It's all about perspective. It's how you see it. Eternal eyes. 
The Bible talks about uh, temporary things. Temporary things keep our eyes fixed on eternal things. Temporary things, it's temporal. That means it's subject to change. It can change. Shifting times, shifting season, shifting economies. You know, one minute, one minute the economy of New Zealand was going to plummet. That's what the experts said in the housing market. It's done the very opposite. I think David and Catherine had to go to 30 show homes after church, multiple offers on houses. Just the house prices have gone up so much in Canterbury now. We know the Orkin is going up all the time. Yet the prognosis, I know they're, they're trying to slow it all down and stuff. But not us. We obey what God wants us to do. The Bible talks about sowing. Don't even observe the wind or the clouds. You observe the wind and the clouds and I should and I shouldn't based on what I see. The Lord says, cast your bread upon the waters. So anyway, press down, shaken, because we're running to Bible principles. We're running to a spiritual kingdom economy that God works regardless of our natural earth, regardless of our natural economy. God works. And if you're struggling financially, I want to tell us, just check it out. Check the mentality out and start thanking God for every dollar. We're still alive. We're still big, aren't we? We're still eating well, aren't we? Mate, there's enough shindigs and showdowns on this island to keep a man huge. <coughs> Serious. Just turn up to those. Even if you don't know them. Just turn up. I'm part of all this. What time is it coming out? <laughs> Joking. Oh, bless the Lord. Unstable. Well, I haven't got a husband yet. <laughs> he will come if you faint not. He will come. Maybe God is trying to test you. Can you love me without him? Will you stand with me or are you going to get depressed? Look in the mirror. What's wrong with me? Seriously now. We're not in it for husbands and wives or money or prestige or fame or opportunity or favor. We're in it, a love relationship, because of who he is. Oh man, that's so true. Whether we have or whether we don't have, it's absolutely irrelevant. Do you know what? Our first goal is pleasing Christ. That's our goal. In our heart, humble, gracious, loving people, just doing what He asks us to do, having a sweet spirit, not disengaging, not disconnecting, being vulnerable at times, loving and going in, being planted in the house of the Lord. The second thing is this, loving people, salvation, getting people born again. We have an opportunity while we've got this bubble thing going around, everybody could be saved by now, telling people about Jesus constantly. Jesus, 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 telling people our testimony is absolutely potent. Our testimony is under attack constantly. It's the enemy wants to actually, uh, to, um, to actually, you know, to, to wreck our testimony and stop us, stop us using our testimony into a community that's powerful. Some of us are being blessed financially, but you'd be too embarrassed to tell somebody how God's touched you because in case they get jealous or in case it threatens the portfolio, tell them, tell them, this is God. Now I've got a blessed family and I've got a couple of good girls that have been blessed with us and maybe children and we've got Bernard blessed, but that's God. 
is the Lord. The blessings are here in our midst. Incredible testimonies. It's the Lord. And we shall go on if He permits. It's the Lord that's growing us. We want to stay in the good books. We don't like conflict. We like to virtue signal. You know what I mean by that, eh? My company gets the big check in the front of the newspaper. We gave $10,000 to that. It's just like, why don't you do it in secret? Do not let the left hand know what the right hand's doing. They're in need, so I get out there, Celebration on the Rock, and it's just like, well, look what Celebration on the Rock did. And here's Pastor Joe and, and uh, Mabel over here, and look what they've done, the great work before the Lord. And then we say, yes, we want to give the Lord glory. No, you don't. You don't want to give the Lord glory. It's just trying to promote the church. It's virtue signaling. Do it in secret. Love in secret. Seek righteousness, not conformity. I'm more interested in the opinion of Jehovah and Yahweh, God and Jesus. I want your opinion. What are you saying? I've heard what everybody else is saying. Daniel, remember, how about this? Your relative Daniel, they said everybody that doesn't bow to the king for three months is going to be killed. What does Daniel do? He goes as his custom and tradition. How about this? He opens up his window publicly. Now, I don't know about you. Most of us will think, well, we'll still pray, but we'll close that curtain, shall we? No, no. He opens up the window as his custom. In other words, you ready? Business as usual. Occupy till I come. All it is, is just a demon voice to it intimidate us, to rob us from our position, to rob us from our faith, to pull us from a position of authority. That's all it is. It's just a voice, Goliath's voice. But it needs a David to stand up and say, how dare you? This is the Lord's house. This is the Lord. I'm standing on the rock of salvation. Nothing can push me around like this. That's the generation. That's who we are. That, that's who you are. That's exactly who you are. If you want it, you could do it. If you want it, you could be it. It's part of your inheritance. Lamentations 5, 16 and 17, it says, Woe for us, for we have sinned because of our heart. It has become faint. It's become weakened. The Bible talks about women's hearts weighed down with sins. The fear of man's a stare. Three quick ways of how to get out of a pickle and get strength. The first one is just build the muscle of courage. Every time you can stand up, it's not about arguing. Sometimes I'll let things go because I think the Bible talks about pride causes contention. I'll let it go. It's not that big a deal. I don't have to win an argument because you can win an argument and you can still be wrong. But it is about me essentially standing up for what is right. So exercise. Every time you can stand up and do something like that, great. Every time you go to do something before man to get the accolades or the praise of man, just check yourself. Break that. Break that shackle. Every time you feel like you're, 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 you're trying to conform towards what people think, break that. Don't live under that expectation. Obey God from your heart. So you begin to build, the, the build and exercise the muscle of courage. Every time that you, you feel like there's a lady across the road and, and I, I'd really like to help her, but it's embarrassing. What are people going to think? Do it anyway. As you do it, watch. The fear's been breaking up. 
you're at a party and you're offered the beer and that sort of stuff and say no to that because it breaks the fear of man. It breaks insecurity. The job, the boss says to you, I need you working on Sundays. So you begin to wilt. No, you don't wilt. You say, boss, I love you and I love work and it's a pleasure working for you, but I have to operate to a higher level. You know I'm a born-again Christian and I can't do that. I can't do that because the Bible says in Hebrews clearly, do not forget the assembly of the saints. Me working on the Sunday is, is, a, is a non-negotiable. He will honor you. He will respect you. And even if he says, well, I can't have you working for us anymore, you say this, okay, that, that, that's fine. Like I say, I humble myself and I love you. Guess what? God opens up a bigger door for you with a greater salary. That's, you've honored him. He will honor you. Give the Lord a hand. That's number one. Exercise the muscle of courage. Number two, oh my goodness. <coughs> Hide the word of God. Get the word of God. And this is a message in itself, but real quick, get the Bible. And if you're not reading the word of God, you're gonna be a weakling. Seriously, you know that you should be reading it, but if you're not studying to show thyself approved, the Bible talks about how do the young men overcome the devil himself by getting the word of God, getting it inside of them. David said, I, I overcame sin because I allowed the Word of God inside me. I hid it inside of me. How does a young man keep his way pure? And I discover that men have got problems, and some are women, that's for sure, with pornography. How do we keep our way pure? It's by getting the Word of God inside of us. Then the Word of God begins to speak out of us. The Word of God begins to, do, uh, begins to have the feeling inside us, begins to come out. But often I'll say to somebody, I'll say that they're discouraged and they're down, and I'll say to them, well, okay, are you reading the Bible? They say, oh, not really. Oh, man, come on. Come on now. How can I help you? You, you? you need to connect. Connect to the electricity, man. I'm trying to help you. You're not even connected. Connect through the Bible. The third last one, we finish on this one, is this. Jump into His presence. The fullness of joy is strength. Psalms 16, 11. In your presence is the fullness of joy. There is no greater place of joy than in His presence. Alcohol cannot do it. No, it can't. Can't numb the pain. Accumulating all sorts of support networks around us. Weekly counseling. It's all good stuff. But it's not going to cure the pain. Presence of God. In His presence, there is fullness of joy. The Bible says in, uh, about the joy is our strength. So now we're seeing the fruit of the Spirit, Christ inside us. Getting close to Him, getting close to Jesus Christ, you will find the joy of the Lord is our strength. If you enjoyed this message, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. We'd also love to hear from you. You can connect with us on Instagram or Facebook at Celebration Raro or visit our website celebration.atonga.com. Until next time. <laughs>